Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Hard Currency, the Financial Times podcast looking at the weekly developments in the foreign exchange market. I'm Roger Blitz, and it's been a week in which the topic of leadership has dominated the thinking of currency traders. Will Donald Trump make a change at the Federal Reserve? Will the Spanish Prime Minister face down the independence movement in Catalonia? Will the UK Conservatives once again change their leader in search of a way through the morass that is Brexit? And will Shinzo Abe win a fourth term in Japan? My guest looking at these and other matters influencing currencies is Itai Tuchman, the head of FX trading at Citigroup. Welcome, Itai. Leadership is such a key thing as we look at this fourth quarter. Do you agree? Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's everywhere. It's not just in uh, in one place. And I think, you know, maybe we should start with what's going on in, in my home country, the United States, which, again, is something everybody loves to watch. It's almost a, a daily or hourly soap opera. Well, I mean, I, of course, people are watching Donald Trump's leadership, but more specifically for the FX market, who is going to be the next Fed chair? It may, of course, be Janet Yellen, but there's been a lot of stories this week, which has been exciting the markets, hasn't it? You know, like a great horse race, there's always drama. And, and I think Jerome Powell is kind of coming from middle of the pack yeah. to really lead, lead the race at this point. I think a lot of market participants are starting to believe that he's the front runner. Yeah, and, and this would take the Fed into what direction, if, well, you, if you want it? Great great, great uh, way of thinking about it is that neither Jerome Powell nor Kevin Warsh, probably the two front runners in, in the race, have a PhD in economics. I think that's uh, a big deal when you right. think about how the institution of the Fed really operates. I mean, remember both Mario Draghi, Ben Bernanke, you have Janet Yellen, you have people who, who come from the Stan Fisher legends of macro uh, yeah. economics, you know, leading the, the, the sort of world central bank. And now we're talking about somebody with a background in corporate law and, and and politics potentially leading. What does this mean about Donald Trump's desire to get a grip of the Fed? Do we look at the potential uh, politicization of the Federal Reserve in 2018 and I beyond? Think, I think it's a legitimate concern. And I think that uh, it's very clear that you know Donald Trump obviously would like a, a, a weaker dollar and, and, and lower rates. But if you really look at, at Jerome Powell and what he stands for, it's the financial deregulation piece, which I think is most interesting. Because I think typically that's a role left to the vice chair, one of the vice chairs, which, which uh, uh, he has at the moment. Mm-hmm. But putting him in the leadership position says as much about Donald Trump's desire to change the regulatory environment as it does about just keeping a weak dollar. Because if you really look at uh, Powell's statements and, and his time at the Fed, you know, he's really not leading the debate in monetary policy terms at all. Yeah. So, I mean, in fact, we, we kind of we kind of pause, trying to pause the different candidates. But we forget the big question, which is what Trump really wants out of the dollar. Um, and you, you just you're, you're fairly convinced. It sounds like you're fairly convinced that the weak dollar is is going to be the, the, something that the market had better get used to pretty quickly. You know, I, I think the next few years is a, is a weak dollar period. And I think for me, uh, what's happening at the Fed is part of that. But there are bigger structural forces around the world, which I think will will uh, lead the dollar on a downward path. People tell me to watch out for the kind of the, the Fed institution, you know, resisting this kind of attempt to politicize it. Uh, you know, it, it's it's too big and too crafty an organization to uh, to allow that to happen. Is there anything in that? Yeah, I think there's something in that. And, and I think, you know, Jerome Powell has been there for four or five years. And so 
I think it might be even a more palatable choice for Fed staffers than somebody like Kevin Warsh, who was also at the Fed, but has a little bit more tinge of politics considering, you know, his, his father-in-law is a big donor to Donald Trump and, and a big uh, Republican Party backer. Yeah. So uh, a, a, a rate hike in December. Yeah. yeah, I think that's pretty likely. But but for, but but row back your expectations for 2018. Well, I think 2018 is still a wild card, and I think the market should have sort of an expectation of one or maybe two rate hikes at the most in 2018. If you really look at the period that we're in in monetary policy now and in financial markets, and again, you know, I know you have a lot of people on the podcast, and some of them talk in analogs and bring up the 1970s. And, and okay, I'm not going to be the person who does that. You know, I, I mean, I, I was barely born in the 1970s, so so that, that only goes okay. so far. But if you look at the mid 2000s, yeah. when the dollar really got destroyed, and and you had the big uh, sort of pre global financial crisis environment, you have a lot of analogs that are very similar yeah. to what's happening yeah. today. Particularly as the U.S. yield curve continues to flatten, yeah. it seems like we have a reengagement in terms of emerging market investment that's going on. There's a lot of dynamics around. How, how policy is working that really resonate with me. Okay. Weaker dollar equals stronger euro. Um, the, the you, you see the euro pretty much um, you're bat, bash, batting away this Catalonia issue and, and it's not really a big market consideration? Well, I think the market sort of woke up to something that it really didn't even have on its radar. I think, no, I you know, is where is Catalonia was yeah. probably the first thing yes. that a lot of market participants Absolutely. said. Uh, but I think the reality is is that it seems impossible that you're going to get a, a full breakaway here, which is going to cause a real political crisis in Spain. Obviously, the Spanish government didn't necessarily handle the Catalonian election that well, and I think that got a lot of news headlines and a lot of people's attention. Yeah. But the probability that this somehow leads to a, a crisis, a constitutional crisis in Spain, to me, is still very low. Low political risk is still the story in, in Europe after what we thought it might have been at the start of the year. Even the German elections isn't going to have that great an impact on political risk thinking, is it? Well, and it, and it, it has an impact, but actually maybe in a way that most people um, wouldn't have expected. So Merkel clearly didn't do as well as we'd all, yeah. we'd all thought. And that has real implications to sort of how she shores up the, the more pro-Germany uh, components of the electorate, which are really raising their voices in Germany. And as you think about another central bank succession, which is the ECB succession, which I know 2019 seems a long, long way away. Okay. But I think it's very relevant uh, to the question whether Merkel insists that a German takes the helm of the ECB. And, and a Weidmann administration there would look very different than the one yeah. today. It's funny you should say that because the, the 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 theme that we're now looking at is the independence of uh, central banks. The other one that's been uh, that that might be in, in question is the Bank of England because obviously we had Theresa May last year calling to question uh, the Bank of England independence. Jeremy Corbyn uh, might well take a different view if he gets into power. Um, is, is is that something that uh, it might you think be a broader theme? Uh, for investors, the whole issue of independence of central banks? You know, I think it might be, but it's far, far too early to make that call. And, you know, fundamentally, the idea that central banks operate in a complete political vacuum was always a bit of a nonsense anyway. You saw that out of the Bank of England post-Brexit. Where, where clearly you had all this uncertainty and they put in the insurance rate cut. Yeah. But that has a political tinge to yes, it. Yes, and I course. think that, that those of us that think that somehow these people sit in a, in a you know, ivory tower and don't pay attention to anything that's going around them is, is a fiction. Politics and the UK and Brexit. I mean, investors must have thought that they were kind of getting through this. And now what's been happening this week is a complete reminder of last year when the Tory party leadership was sending Sterling lower. We're back into that whole mindset, aren't we? Well, never, never underestimate any political party's ability to score on goals, not, yeah. not least of which the Conservative Party. Uh, I, I think fundamentally, Sterling now is kind of back into the frame of 
look at all this uncertainty, both political uncertainty in terms of how the conservative party shapes up, Jeremy Corbyn sitting, waiting in the wings for for, uh, enough own goals to to take the helm. And then again, the Brexit negotiations in light of all of this political mess don't really stack up that good for the UK. Now, I, I happen to be of the opinion that you know, sterling is going to find a bottom and, and the very long-term attractiveness of the pound down here can't be ignored. But in the short term, definitely not great for yeah. the pound. At least one place we could probably fairly safely be sure what the outcome is going to be is in Japan. Shinzo Abe is going for a fourth term. I mean, it's hard to see him losing and it's certainly hard to see him even losing many seats, even if there is a slight swing. Yes, I spent a lot of my time in my career living and working in Japan. And I think for those that don't know Japan intimately, you know, the political apathy there makes the U.S. look like a proper functioning democracy. But I think fundamentally, Abe's in a pretty good spot. He's likely not going to get a supermajority if Koike uh, really challenges him, but status quo gets preserved. But the bigger question in Japan is when does the BOJ actually decide to talk about an endgame? You know, the way that the ECB has talked about an endgame, and you saw exactly what happened to the Euro when, when they did that. Another change of leadership there. Kuroda, his term of office is up for renewal. But again, continuity, is that the likely outcome? Corodonomics, Abenomics, they're kind of the same thing, aren't they? Uh, you know, it, it can't be ruled out that somebody else comes into the BOJ. I think it's unlikely. Uh-huh. I think Corodo spent his whole life wanting to reshape the institution, and he's had five years, which is probably not long enough. Uh, and whilst inflation is starting to pick up in Japan, again, the big structural forces of disinflation, labor force decline, all the things that, that we all know affect Japanese economy and markets still exist in as much measure today as they did before Corrado got there. There you are. A complete political leadership uh, landscape picture and its influence on the foreign exchange market. My thanks to Itai Tukman of Citigroup for giving us that. And join us again next week for Hard Currency for further developments in the world of foreign exchange. Until then, it's goodbye. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.